Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Caught up with John Black today, CEO at Altamirano Resources. They're an Argentine copper gold play. We talk about the money they've just raised and what they're going to be doing with it. We also deal with a couple of topics from the past, which is uh, identifying high-grade core and also the arsenic component. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation as a whole, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis, commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, training courses on there for you. We've also done summaries of all the interviews that we've done to save you some time because we know you're busy people. But most of all, go there and join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, civilized, friendly and safe environment, free from judgment, trolling and abuse. If that sounds nice to you, and I hope it does, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? Very good, very good. Yeah, we only spoke a couple of months ago, but you, you've been busy, so I thought we'd uh, take the chance to catch up and see uh, what you're doing. But yeah, yeah. We, we should start with the pleasantries. How is life over there in the U.S. of A? Well, we're it's it's we're still a little bit under restrictions, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think everybody's um, ready to to get back to normal life, which hopefully we'll see sometime during the middle part of the year here. I hope so. I hope so. Good. Yeah, I want a change of scenery from that bookshelf. I keep seeing you with. I need yep. you down and in the field. I'm sure you want to be down there too. Hey, um, well, let's do our customary start with a one minute summary of your business. Then I'll pick it up with uh, some questions from there. Okay, great. Yeah, as, as Aldebron, basically, we're a, a group of seasoned explorationists. We have a lot of experience in South America. And what we specialize in doing is identifying large projects, projects that have the potential to be very large copper or copper gold deposits, capturing those for a low price at a low point in the market or from a, a party that uh, doesn't know what they have or it doesn't fit their business plan, they need to, to sell the project. And then drilling those projects out, uh, examining them in much more detail and showing the full potential deposit, de-risking the project, and then ideally setting it up to sell to a major company when those type of companies are interested in acquiring assets. And with today's copper price and, and gold price, keep in mind it's come off a little bit, but it's still pretty high as well. It's, it's the companies are beginning to look for acquiring these type of assets. So it's a great time to, to deliver what we look for into this market. Okay, perfect. Um, it's something, well, it's a sort of dawning realization on my part with some of the questions that were sent in that, you know, not everyone has heard the story. They're coming to it new, asking this, some of the questions, which I think we've dealt with on a few occasions in the past. So it's maybe worth going over some old ground as well as talking about some new ground. So let me start with the new ground. You've just announced uh, a fund raising. So how much are you going out for? Uh, we've just announced a $5 million raise and it's been been very well received. Uh, we'll, we're just closing it this week and we'll, we'll close it at, at right around $9 million. Okay. So really well received. Very good. Yep. Is that the yep. copper bit or the gold bit they're excited about? Uh, right now, it's probably copper, quite frankly. Copper, once we cleared $4 on copper, it certainly brought a lot of interest into the, the market. In, in Altar, our principal project in Aldebaran is, is dominantly a copper deposit. That's the, the real driver. So it's a combination of higher copper prices and just a realization that, that copper is a green metal. It's, it's part of the, the whole electric revolution that's going on right now. So there's, there's much more interest in these type of projects at the moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, well, let, let's kind of skip, skip back a bit. So again, for people who need this story, I think it's important to understand the 
origins here and apologies to your current shareholders, people used to this, but we won't spend too long here. So Altar was, um, it was originally bought by Sabanier Stillwater for what, in 2011 for about 487 million bucks. They then proceeded to spend right. another 45 million bucks on this thing, but all of a sudden they decided to stop. Why? Well, it, it was actually never really a good fit in Stillwater. Stillwater was the company that purchased it from Peregrine Metals, the company that did most of the work to define the deposit. And um, the price they paid was viewed as high in, in terms of relative to the market cap. It was a premium to the company at the time. But, but really, in terms of comparison to sale of other deposit, it wasn't that high of a price they paid for. But it was more of a mismatch in the company. Stillwater was a platinum producer in, in the U.S., and they acquired a very early stage copper deposit in the high Andes that would require a lot of capital. It just never really fit within Stillwater. And they, they purchased it at kind of an early stage before the deposit was really well known. So there were it was viewed that they, they spent a lot of money on a big deposit that they didn't understand very well that was grade challenged. And, um, and it kind of just stalled within their company. And so once we identified that situation, that's what we try to find are situations like this where there's an interesting project that we see differently. We see that with some good science and some good work, we can reveal the project to be much more attractive than it's thought to be. And we, we approach them and manage to arrive at an agreement whereby we have the option to earn into 80%. And they still participate in the project moving forward. So they view it as the best way forward they can go. Keep in mind, Sabanye bought Stillwater as well. And so that was really the switch when we, were, we had an entry point to come into the project. Right, okay. Um, you came in and solved two problems, actually. One was grade, it was low grade. And two was arsenic. So let, let, let's talk about that. Your team came in here knowing what they were walking into and felt that you could look at it a different way, right? So mm -hmm. have you cracked both those nuts? Well, since we spoke a few months ago, we've, we've put out our, our new resource on this. And so it's a project that had over 100,000 meters of drilling when we acquired it and, and a very large resource. It was known to be an extremely large deposit, over two and a half billion tons of mineralized material, but at a very low grade, at a little over 0.3% copper. And so intuitively, that's not a sufficient grade to be an economic deposit where it's located in the Andes. But we saw that within the deposit, there were zones of much higher grade. And so what we spent most of the first couple of years we've been on the project is putting together good fundamental data sets to understand it. Um, first geologic map made of the project, some fundamental things that had been overlooked earlier in the project. And that allowed us to put together a much more sound geologic model and to recalculate that resource and present it in a, in a better light in many ways. So the, the fundamental um, results of our new resources, we, we used a better geologic model and a more realistic cutoff grade on it. And so it decreased the tonnage, but it increased the grade as we move forward. And, and we, we had room to decrease the tonnage. As I mentioned, it was over two and a half billion tons. We now show about 1.2 billion tons of measured and indicated mineralization, another 200 million tons approximately of inferred. So we're down to about 1.4 billion tons, but at, at an average grade of about 0.5 copper equivalent. And that positions the deposit as being um, much more um, comparable to other deposits that are being drilled out by our peers right now in terms of grade, still preserving a very good size. And then with respect to the arsenic, um, challenge on the project. 
it was known that there was arsenic in the deposit, but it wasn't very well understood where it was. And so with our geologic controls on it now, we can much better model where the arsenic occurs in the deposit. And that result was the overall deposit has lower arsenic than it was thought to have. And the arsenic is restricted to the upper portion of the project. And we make a distinction this time on um, what portion of the deposit has secondary copper enrichment versus what's primary mineralization. And it's an important distinction because the secondary copper enriched zone is um, it's, it's possible that we could exploit that by low capex SXCW heap leach operations to produce the copper from the deposit. And, and when you do that, the arsenic's not an issue because you're not producing a concentrate that you want to avoid having your arsenic. So we're not, we don't know for certain what the pathway forward is, but this opens up that possibility of lower capex operation early, sort of a starter pit type geometry on it that would get around the arsenic issue. It would also produce copper metal in country, which avoids exportation issues, which sometimes Argentina is a little sensitive to. So it, it, we see better pathways forward on the project right now, and it's still preserved as a, as a very attractive large deposit. Okay, so let's just, break, again, break that down. So we'll try and keep it relatively simple for people. A lot of, a lot of generalists coming into the space, trying to, yeah. you know, get it, getting excited about the EV thematic, looking at battery metals without necessarily understanding why? So if we look at the uh, what you did with the grade control there, you, you talked about, you know, increasing the grade, but lowering the pounds, number of the pounds on the ground, mm -hmm. as it were. Why is that important to uh, be able to compare yourself in terms of grade versus, you know, vo volume of, of metal contained? What's that do for you? Is it just a market thing or is that an actual you know, production thing? No, it's, it, it, it has to do with if you can get to grades earlier in the deposit, then you've got a better chance of recovering it. Because it's nice to have an extremely large deposit with a really long mine life. But if your payback takes a long time and you depend on higher metal prices, that's, that's a more challenging deposit. So what we noticed in this deposit was it, it, it could be shown to be very large and very low grade, but we saw that inside there were these higher grade zones. And they're, they're a more interesting starter point on the mine. And so we're, we're partway, we've done the first step to show that. And, and the other, so, so in addition to showing that there's improved grade overall in the project, and the arsenic's a much more manageable situation on the project. We've also shown that there are significant high grade zones that are still open for expansion. So, so we're, we're actively drilling with two rigs right now. And uh, with a new financing that we've, we're just closing, we're setting ourselves up well for a very aggressive drill campaign next field season, which will be a combination of trying to expand these, uh, these higher grade zones and improve, improve the, that profile on it. And at the same time, we'll begin to evaluate the pathway forward on how, how we might approach such a, such a deposit now that we begin to understand more. Got it. So for any potential producer in the future, they, you've identified where these high-grade zones are now, get cash flowing quicker, lower the cost of um, well capital required, et cetera, for the, for the entire project. So it becomes self-financing at some point. Is that, that, that's sort of the, the money that's side. It. We're, we're, we're not close to being able to show a PA on the project just yet because we don't have the full project defined. You, we we want to see what these higher-grade zones look like. But we're, we understand it so much better right now and we're beginning to show the potential pathway forward. And, and it's just nice having zones that are, have higher grade, that opens up possibilities for, for more economically viable portions of the deposit early in the, in the deposit life. And, and showing that there are portions of the deposit 
that might be amenable to lower cost mining on it. So the SXEW, the difference between an, a heap leach operation is it costs a lot less to build the operation. And so you can, you can envision a situation where you might be able to start off with a lower cost SXCW heap leach operation that then makes a transition into a larger milling operation and you, you fund that off of cash flow going forward. So at this point, we can just see potential pathways. We've got a lot of work over the next two years to show the economics around that. Okay. So again, let me just finish up on that slide, the cyanide because it's, these are two big points people keep raising. Arsenic. Ar 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 Arsenic is um, where you, you can do, two, can you do two things? You can either, because you know where it is, you can choose mm -hmm. to avoid it or where there may be parts of it you go, well, actually we can heat leach this and there's still recoverable copper um, through the with the heat leach exercise, which is economic, are those the two ways at it, or do you go after? Well, what it all? we've seen when we when we've remodeled it with with better geologic controls on where it is, much of the arsenic is in the overlying leached cap, which is a barren portion. It's in waste rock, so it's that that doesn't enter the equation right now. And then we have this secondary zone of copper mineralization that has elevated arsenic in it but potentially could be exploited by SXCW. And then you don't produce a concentrate, so you, your arsenic is, is not an issue for you in, in that sense. And then the primary mineralization is, is lower arsenic. And so that we can produce, we believe, based on the levels we see now, that that would produce a concentrate that's a marketable concentrate. And so, and, and overall, with, a, with the overall lowered arsenic in the mineralized portions of the deposit, we, we, it opens up possibilities of blending and ways to get around. The important thing is, is that it, early on, it was thought that there might be a possibility you'd have to have some type of arsenic treatment for your concentrate, and that's an added cost. And, and at the grades we have, that was a challenge for it, but we, we don't think that that'll be the, the necessary pathway right now. There, we see other pathways forward that won't involve additional arsenic treatment. Great, so the, the, the two areas that there are potential issues with, You've come in, and so far, you you think you feel you may have come up with solutions which kind of crack those nuts, right? We we've shown that the 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 grade is there. There are pathways to seeing much better grade portions of the deposit, and we've shown the arsenic is less of a problem than was thought overall. And there are probable pathway forwards that that are perfectly viable pathways. So we th th those are the really important. Uh, two conclusions that came out of our, our resource estimate on this. And with a third is that we've, we've demonstrated that we have a number of targets that have been untested yet. And so we may not even know about the best part of the deposit at this point. Okay, perfect. Okay. Because um, so, interesting, interesting to me, when people sort of look at you, they've been looking at you as a sort of small explorer. That's how you're positioned. That's how people analyze you or do comps with you. There's, there's more. There seems to be more substance to it uh, now. You've kind of solved those problems. Um, should we talk about what you're going to do with this, whatever this? What do you say? Around nine million number. It was about nine million dollars. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, so what's the plan? What do you do with that money? Well, it's, we, we're just finishing the the field season now, and we're in South America, so we have opposite field seasons from the northern hemisphere. Uh, we'll go as long as we can safely this year until, until the heavy snows hit. We're in an area where you could mine all year round, but the expiration seasons tend to be from about November to May in a, in a normal, normal year going forward. 
So we, we we're drilling with two rigs now. We'll have drill results that come out over the next few months. There's a little bit of a delay in, in Argentina right now because there's actually quite a bit of drilling going on in Argentina at the moment. And, uh, and then we'll be well set up to start a very aggressive program next year. We, in, instead of a, a typical sort of six or 8,000 meter program on this, we'll be projecting a, a much larger program next year and probably come in with, with as many as four or five drill rigs to, to drill aggressively and get in as early in the season as we can. We anticipate we'll, we'll try to go in in October of next year. And so that'll be a, a, a campaign that's focused on drilling to extend these higher grade zones and understand them better and characterize those. While at the same time, we're evaluating the better known portions of the deposit, particularly this upper, upper zone of secondary enrichment to begin to put together the information we need to do an economic valuation of that. Uh, we're, we're not, we don't think we've got the whole deposit defined by any means yet, but there are portions of it that we can begin that type of work on. So how, how do you move something like this forward? Because copper projects are typically huge, huge capex. You've already got a big number, but it's, you, you want to do more drilling, work out, you know, understand targets better. You want to understand what you've got in terms of the controls around that and get to the economics at some point. Um, but you're, build, you're building towards, again, what end? How do you go about constructing that? Because if I look at it like a Jose Maria up to the north, I mean, the, the two problems which they seem to have in the market are, one, Argentina as a, as a jurisdiction, and two, the, the sheer volume of the, the, the capex number of whatever, three billion bucks, right? And that's with mm-hmm. a group who are reasonably well, Londines who are reasonably well-known for com- going after complicated stories and being, but being able to raise capital. So if they're experiencing those issues, their words, not mine, what's it, what's it going to mean for you? I mean, do you have to come at it a different way? Does your model need to look different from theirs or, or not? Well, the first step always is, is, is characterizing the whole deposit and understanding what we have. That's, that's a fundamental stage. We now understand what we have in the existing drilling, and that's showing that we still have zones that are are not drilled out yet that are showing very good grade and show potential to be larger. So we need to continue to explore. We're a little bit earlier stage. Uh, deposits like Jose Maria and Philo, well, Jose Maria particularly are pretty well drilled out and known now. So now they're at the stage they apply the economics to it and, and look at how do they raise that capital and how does that go forward. Um, we're a little more similar to say Philo, which is another Lundin company also in San Juan where they have the option for a lower capex heap leach operation to get things started. And that's probably why that feel is really the, of their two companies is the one that's really catching everybody's eye right now, because they have that early stage opportunity at a lower capital investment to get moving, but they're beginning to show some very interesting primary mineralization at depth on it. And that's really caught the market's eye. Uh, we're, we're in a very similar situation on this right now, is that now that we've shown what the, the deposit looks like, uh, we're early stage of showing potentially a lower capex entry into the project. And we have these higher grade zones at depth that have potential to continue to grow the deposit, but grow it with better grade as we move forward. We don't need more tonnage. We need what, what's attractive always is better grades to, to displace that. And that, that improves the economics going forward. So these projects do take quite a bit of work. It's, it's, it's the, the first stage is showing the size and the grades, and then you de-risk it by showing your pathways forward. Where do you, where do you get water? Where do you, how do you handle arsenic if that's an issue? How do you move forward? And for a company to come in and acquire the project from us, we need to solve all those things. We need to show pathways and options on how they go forward. 
And the nice thing is showing those options to build something, to have, um, have a, a, a series of options you could do. You could go into it really big if, if you're that type of company and can justify that cost and the, and the prices of metals are, are justifying that. Or if you need to come in at lower capex, it's nice to have that option. So it, it, it makes the project attractive to a wider variety of a wider range of suitors. It, it does, but you need to know now who you're gearing up to because you've got to answer questions for different types of companies. The, the big guys mm-hmm. will want this tied up on a bow for them, but with a lot of pounds in the ground. And whereas if you want to kind of keep it uh, available to a wider bunch of suitors, uh, that's that's a slight, slightly different play, isn't it? Or, or, or are you saying, I've got to answer the same questions, so that it's fine. We're very clear about our plan as to who, who we're trying to appeal to. It's it's important. It's you, you the the quality and the nature of the deposit drives it, and so it's important to characterize it as well to to have fundamental solid data sets on it, and it's and then you you show different pathways forward on the project, and and you don't you don't necessarily lock in on one thing going forward on it because different types of companies will have a different approach to it, or there are different portions of the market, or Sometimes even countries encourage you to process more in country or, or process out of the country. And so that it's nice to have those options. If you only have a large deposit that requires an extremely high capex to go forward, uh, you eliminate a lot of suitors right away. Whereas if you show that you have the possibility of uh, in a deposit like we're working on right now, that you might have a lower capital starting point on the project, or you might have zones of higher grade that could even justify, say, underground mining or something like that, then you have different approaches on how you, you go forward with the project. We won't necessarily state the only only way because different companies will look at it differently as they, they go forward, but we, we want to show those pathways for people. Have you got any other sort of technical issues? I know you talked about you know going through um, you know metallurgical test work recently. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing anything that gives cause for concern or more problems that need solving? No, it's it looks pretty straightforward on it. We're reviewing. There's a fair amount of old data on the project that was done, and so we're going back through and taking a look at that ourselves, and then with specialists that help us take a look at that. And based on that, we'll design additional work we do with our fresh core now. To move forward, but it it looks pretty standard on, in terms of metallurgy on it. And now that we understand the arsenic better, it looks like it's a very much a manageable manageable situation on that. Um, really, a lot of the work now is 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 defining where all of the mineralization is and 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 scale of the project. What what type of a investment would you need to to get after the project to go forward? And so that that's. Um, that combination of drilling to fully understand where all the mineralization is and, and then begin to apply economics to the project to take a look at how, how would you mine it moving forward. I mean, how have you felt the story's progressed so far? Because it seems to me, you know, obviously the market's aware that you're in the process of raising capital, hasn't mm-hmm. reacted particularly positive to that news. Is it is that come from a position of they don't yet fully understand how you're going about delivering this project? Or is it just market driven? Because you said it's mainly copper. Copper's on the up. You know, copper prices are doing a fantastic job. Gold's reset a bit, but still good, as you said earlier. Why? Why has the market not reacted well to you going out and getting some growth capital? Well, it's it. I mean, it has in some ways it's reacted. Our last financing was last year at thirty cents, and we're up to forty five cents. So we're moving in a positive sense in a percentage wise basis. 
but um, but our market cap is still relatively low for what we have if you look at it on a sort of an enterprise value per pound in the ground, for example. And a lot of that is because the, the work we've been doing is kind of quiet work. It's putting together these fundamental data sets. It's not putting out big drill results that catch the market's eye. Uh, we're announcing that we, we have the first geologic map. That doesn't necessarily uh, drive people's interest as much as a long run of mineralization. So I think with the, the, the ability now, um, both in terms of, of financing to do it and the identification of the targets and where we need to go forward, you'll see a lot more drilling. You'll see a lot more of the type results that um, open people's eyes and, and move things forward. And so that, that, that news flow is the critical thing in getting that information moving and, and being people aware. And now everybody's interested in Gopper projects, which is great. But I, I would argue it's a great time to look for something just like we have, where all, all the fundamental work's set up for it now, but we're undervalued. So it's a great one to catch now before it takes off. Well, well talk, talk to me about this drilling, okay? Because the, the quick wins are go and drill off more of the higher grade portion, higher grade zones, mm -hmm. right? Because that's going to catch the eye, allow you to do proper, you know, peer to peer type commentary about, oh, look, we're like so and so, who's valued at 250 mm -hmm. million. Um, or you're going to want to do the correct job and say, well, you know, as a geologist, I want to expand the, you know, the size of the resource too. I mean, you, you, it's been big. You brought it back down. <laughs> what is this thing that's going to excite people? How, what's, how, what's the plan of attack here? Well, for example, um, I can give, we, right now the resource is um, in three principal zones right now. It's the, the copper resource, the large copper resource we've announced is in Altar Central and Altar East. Uh, two, two mineralization centers that would be captured by one big open pit the way we've modeled it right now. And then we have a, a gold resource off to the, the west that's called QDM Gold which is, is about 590,000 ounces of gold equivalent at just short of a gram of gold equivalent per ton. Um, that's that's a, a small satellite that's within this. We've realized that's completely open. Many companies would be happy with that for market cap we have right now, just within that gold deposit. That's open, we need to take a look at what we're doing. But an even more interesting zone is what we call QDM radio. And it's an area where we've had some of our best um, copper gold sulfide intercepts to date. It's a more gold rich portion of the copper deposit and we don't have enough drilling there to produce a resource. So there's no resource estimate there at all. Uh, we're, we're drilling right at the moment on that project to better constrain the geometry and get enough drill density that we can begin to move that to a point where we can capture a resource there. And that, that has potential to be high grade enough to, to even support bulk underground mining. So, and it'll be the type of Drill, and we've had intercepts of you know, 70, 70 plus meters of over 1% copper and over one gram gold there within runs of 300 meters of approximately 1% copper equivalent. So much, much notably higher grade intercepts and, and a much higher gold content to those intercepts. And, and right now that doesn't even enter into our resource. So the, those, are, those are the type areas we're drilling at right now with the potential to be announcing uh, large runs of, of very interesting grades. And, and though in this market, that's the type of thing on a new discovery or a new zone that we believe will catch the market's eye. And, and then you realize how much there's there already as well. But is that, is that I mean, like I said, you've been here and done it before. So when you look at something like that, do you think, oh, let's spin it out, capture some value, or it has, it's going to be better sitting within 
you know, our company for the next while. It is all you, part of the same deposit. One, one thing, when we talk about the Altar project, we talk about is the Altar porphyry deposit. It, like most porphyry camps, it's actually a series of deposits. And so it's, it's a number of deposits, which right now are Altar East and Altar Central, which have the, the bulk of the known mineralization. But then we have a center at QDM radio that's emerging that looks really interesting. We have this, this QDM gold only satellite that's above. All of these are in an area that's about 10 kilometers by five kilometers. And so it's all part of the same, same project on it, but it's just multiple centers. And we our, our new data sets that we've put together have identified two or three additional centers that haven't even been drill tested yet. So we, we, we still have work to do to fully define the whole nature of the camp and see what we have going forward. Yeah, you I'm know, frustrated by all of this. Do you think it's because because of the negativity, you know, around the arsenic that people are discounting you? Because there's like gold, small gold companies with less gold than you've got, valued at nearly a hundred million. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but we we have patience on this. We know we know what we have. We have good backers on this to move forward on on moving the project forward. So, and and now we we've gone through the couple of years of getting everything set up, and it's time for us to get it out. So some of the things we we're looking at is is we're we're a relatively tightly held company, so it doesn't take too much trading to to draw interest into the company. But we trade low volume right now. On it, and so a good example of some of the marketing initiatives are, are taking to get the company more visible and get our, our market cap adjusted to where it should be on this is uh, we, we've just initiated the paperwork to get an OTC listing, and we're seeing a lot more interest in copper stories coming out of the U.S. right now. But many U.S. investors, it's a little hard for them to invest into a Canadian company, and so. Uh, we've seen other companies we've been involved with get a notable increase in volume when they get that OTC listing. So we, well, that should be in place in in the next few weeks as we move that forward, and, and we anticipate that will increase volume and interest in the story. And now that we have all the the data set up and in a larger campaign that'll be for next year, we'll anticipate much more marketing. We need to, we need to make people aware of this opportunity that's out there. It's it's been it's kind of under the radar right now. In, in many senses. Did, did Route 1 follow their money? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Did, and did you want them to? Do you think they should have? Wouldn't it be better if they didn't get some more stock well, out there? Well, it, it, it's a, it's a double-edged sword on that. It's nice to have that strong support to move forward, but they 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 don't want to dilute because they know what we're on to right now. So they they want to keep, keep that in that sense. But each financing, it opens up to some new participants in the market and, and gets a, a more eyes on it and more chances and visibility moving forward. So, right. It, uh, but uh, the, the key thing will be, you know, with that OTC listing and with an increased marketing campaign and these prices we have right now and, and a large program coming up on, on the project is that we anticipate we, we can get more volume in the story and that, that should result in adjusting our market cap to where we'd like it to be. Right. How does someone like a Route 1 play this? You know, the, they've got what, 47, 48% of, of the company. So Vanya have got just under 20, 19.9. Yeah. How mm -hmm. do these guys play this? They've, they've, they've got capital, they've got money. And if you sell this to one of the majors at some point down the line because you've proved up what you need to prove up, they'll be the big beneficiaries. Why, why don't they take this thing private now? 
Well, there's, there, there is some consideration of that, but we, we have to respect all of our shareholders right now as, as well on this. And so it's, it's balanced. Route one's been a good group for us because they, they're there, they're there when the market's tough. They're there when we're undervalued and, and they allow us to move the project forward. And, um, but they are respectful that we have other, other shareholders. And so, um, they, they would be happy for their, their key concern is, is that we don't run out of cash to move the project forward and that we're, that we're, we're always in a, in a position that we can advance it. Keep in mind, uh, we're only about halfway to our spend to earn into 60% of the project. So this, this, this financing was critical for us to get m most of the way towards that. Now we've got three more field seasons to get there. And so they, their, their focus right now is to make sure we get to that 60% point on this um, but by spending 30 million in the yep, first five right. years okay so you're right. halfway mm -hmm. through what was the time frame when when's that time run out it runs out in about three years from now okay so, yeah. pl plenty of time okay yeah, we've got three three more full field seasons to, to complete that and then another 25 million gets you another 20 percent as well okay yes correct mm -hmm. okay I, I i'm just intrigued why you know you've got less than 27 percent public you know, public retail, I guess, or institution, and then mm -hmm. the rest is management. You guys have, you know, 5.7%, 5, 5 Sabanier, 19.9%, Route 1, 47, nearly 48%. Interesting. Okay. So, You'll see it's, it's, it looks in, since we're in San Juan and we have two Lundin companies in San Juan as well as, as, as ourselves there, they, they you'll notice they operate in a similar way in many ways where they'll, they'll kind of quietly go about their work. And then when the project's ready, you see the market cap adjusting up and, and we're, we're at an earlier stage. We're not at that point where it, it needs to be making its, making its move right now. But, but with, with the data we have and, and how things are set up and particularly with this copper price, I think we're right on the cusp of, of that breakout now. Okay. What, what do we expect to see from you next? When are we going to hear from you? What are you going to be telling we, me? We uh, we should have the first batch of drill results out probably in about late May. Um, it's they're off to the lab now, but the the labs a four to five week turnaround in, in Argentina at the moment. So we we should get those about mid May. It takes a week or two to to prep them up and and have them ready. And so then we'll see a, several news releases of those drill results come out in the May June July range. Uh, we do have a couple of other projects in northern Argentina that are earlier stage projects that we'll be able to work on in the in the winter season when we're snowed out of Altar. And so you'll see some news coming out of those projects. And then we'll be beginning in August, September, we'll be announcing the full program for the, the aggressive drill campaign to start in October for Altar again. So, okay. You never asked my question about... Argentine, Argentina, the Argentine factor in this, which you know the Londines are concerned about, but they say it's a process. What's, mm -hmm. what's your take on what's going on? Because like, especially with you know what's happening up in Peru at the moment, we we saw this the same thing in Ecuador before you know when our elections were happening. What's happening in South America? Well, we're seeing we're seeing some changes in a number of South American countries right now. You could throw Chile into that, where they're contemplating an increased NSR on their on their copper or on their mines as well right now. Argentina's moving along pretty steadily. It's it um, it has its challenges. It has high inflation. It's it's and it's a it's a country where different provinces allow you to work more easily than other provinces. But fortunately, we're in San Juan, which is one of the best mining provinces in the country. Barrick has its large mines. There are several other modern modern mines operating, 
and a number of, of projects that are moving along. Uh, we, we talked about Filo and Jose Maria in the northern part of the province. Uh, we also have Pachon next door to us with, with uh, Glencore there as well. So there are a number of interesting projects that have potential to be developed into major mines. And we have a provincial government that is strongly encouraging us to move forward and, and get those projects to that stage. They see the potential in what mining's done for their province right now. So, so it's actually, it's, it's, it's pretty much business as usual in Argentina. It's not without its challenges, but we're not seeing particularly new challenges. It's, it's a relatively easy area to, to work and we can, we can move forward with aggressive drill campaigns. We don't have large delays on permit. If anything, the government wants us to be moving faster than we're moving right now, which is, which is a good setting to be in. So, so it's, it's a, it's pretty, pretty good spot to work. And the hyperinflation is concern if you're, if you're a major producer right now, but actually as an expirationist, it means our expiration costs are pretty low at the moment. So. Okay. John, appreciate your time. Um, I look forward to speaking to you, hopefully after your first results come back. Uh, let us know how you get on, okay? Yeah, no, I think we'll have some some great stuff to talk about here in the next couple of months. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.